yes, yes, it's us back again. It's the Real Talk, Real Walk family. Mm-hmm. We are back with another episode. Oh, yes. Another episode to disturb the airways. Mm-mm. Another episode to take over the Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple. Okay. Another episode to touch on your questions and dilemmas. Mm-mm. Another episode to bring forth knowledge, understanding and wisdom. Okay. Another episode to open up the chambers and spray. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Back with myself, Gabs. Myself, Mr. Game Changer. And your girl, Ore. Excellent. Right, this is the final episode where we're touching on a couple of the questions that's been sent in from the listeners. Um, Right, let's go straight into it. The first one says, Hey, bro, after listening to the latest episode of the podcast, episode 38 to be precise, I was wondering if y'all could clarify from a biblical perspective of what submission to your partner looks like in a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship as opposed to marriage. What are the boundaries? How does one put steps in place to not cross them? Hmm. So in other words, I repeat, biblical perspective on what submission looks like for a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship. Okay. All right, do you want to go first? I mean, the Bible doesn't really talk about submission in relationships. When the Bible's talking about submission and from obviously that, when the Bible talks about submission, that particular paragraph is to women as as in wives submit to your husbands as your husband submits to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that there's any clarity on boyfriend and girlfriend relationships in the Bible insofar as submission is concerned. Mm-hmm. So it then comes down to being guided by the Holy Spirit and what seems logical according to what the Bible says. Now, I know we mentioned in the last episode that when it comes to submission in relationships, you shouldn't really be doing too much. However, what we also said was that it's difficult to not, as a woman, it's difficult to not submit in a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship and then expect to submit in marriage. You're going to have some problems if you think that in a relationship you can't submit and then suddenly... Things are going to change when the ring is on your finger. I can tell you that it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, it's up. I think open discussion between boyfriend and girlfriend. I think it comes. I think it's easier to submit when you trust the guy that you're with. And if you don't, tr- if you don't trust that person, just forget it. You shouldn't. To be honest, you shouldn't even be in a relationship if you don't trust that person. I think the boyfriend should be building trust from before marriage so that the woman knows that this is somebody that I can see myself with. So by building trust, I mean, in your character, if you say you're going to do something, make sure you stick to your word, let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Mm -hmm. When it comes to um, transparency in terms of where you are, what you're doing, goals that you have and vision setting, setting visions for the relationship and making that plain. And I think that's what boyfriends should be doing um, in relationships. Now, for girlfriends, I would say if you trust the vision that the person has set for you or set for themselves and where they see the relationship going, it's a lot easier to then say, fine, he he, he said he wants to get married in two years, so what can I be doing? What money can I be putting aside to make sure that, you know, we can, we can we're in a position to get married? If he says, oh, when we get married, I want to buy a house. Okay, how are you going to get that deposit together? 
what do you have how much is he contributing etc etc I think if you're going to submit in a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship it has to be led by the man being trustworthy and setting a vision Mm. that's interesting man I definitely do respect that I think there's one one quick thing I want to touch upon quickly um the scripture you mentioned at the beginning of your your little speech there um about wives submitting to husbands as husbands um submit to Christ I think it's definitely an important scripture and a lot of the time when when people do discuss the scripture a lot of men tend to focus on the wife submitting part mm-hmm. and I think it's definitely important that as well for us as men anyway not even not so much the women but for us as men we can't go around demanding the women submit to us if we ourselves are not submitting to Christ. Right. Um, I think, obviously, submitting to Christ is definitely an important thing as that definitely encourages um, the woman to submit to us. Mm-hmm. I think, in, in terms of answering the question, I think it's definitely an interesting one and probably many might disagree, but I think, for me personally, I, I definitely believe that any couple who have the intention of getting married or who's on the verge of getting married um, definitely do need to operate with submission and by submission I'm not even pointing fingers at men or the women I think just just both parties having an element of submission so women submitting to the man and man submitting to the women in, in some areas um, as I think it, it definitely leaves leaves the couple in a good position when getting married I think trying to practice submission as well as respect or or leadership for example within marriage without having any sort of understanding or experience of it prior may potentially lead things may potentially make things a little difficult. So for for myself personally, um it was it was something that in my relationship we kind of practiced without discussing it, but we kind of practiced it before marriage. Um so in marriage there hasn't been a great um transition. It's not like, oh we're married now, I must submit to you or oh, we're married now, I must lead you. Um, oh, I mean, I think we, we kind of like had a, a solid foundation before before the marriage. Obviously, this doesn't mean that everybody in relationships, all the, all the women must now start submitting to men because, you know, you might submit to a man who doesn't end up being your husband and that's when a relationship is in tatters. <laughs> um, but I definitely do, I definitely do believe it does help to, to, to practice submission and a high level of respect with an individual who you are courting. I don't think respect and submission are the same thing, though. You're using no, them. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just throwing respect in the, in the mix as well, because obviously if there is a question about submission within a relationship, the reality is the Bible doesn't really tell us to submit to our boyfriends. I mean, the Bible doesn't mention boyfriend and girlfriend, so then there's another question, should we be boyfriend and girlfriend? But... Man, <laughs> <laughs> The Bible doesn't actually mention submission in a relationship, but there's there's some other words that we can possibly throw in the mix just so people actually understand what it looks like. Yeah, I don't think respect is the right word, though. Yeah, respect might not be the right word because we're meant to respect everyone, but what does submission look like in a relationship? (sighs) We touched upon it on that episode 38, and obviously E-Man kind of went on about the whole manipulation, like men demanding certain that it is from women because he's promising that they're going to get married and that sort of stuff. But from from a good place, a positive place, like what does submission look like in a relationship? Can I can I answer the previous question? Yeah, go on. <clears throat> so I think that 
um, I still stand by uh, what I said in the last um, um, episode in that um, the, 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 the prerequisite for, uh, in the context of a romantic relationship is, is marriage. So submitting yourself. So we see that in Ephesians 5 where Paul says, wives, submit yourself to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. That's pretty specific. Um, and that's some of the only instructions that we kind of get for married couples. Otherwise, we go a verse up. And Paul says in um, 521, I think 521, he says, um, submit yourselves to one another. So mm-hmm. first, th- that is going to be the key. In, in, in what, what in, scripture, bro? Um, Ephesians 521, I believe. Okay, cool. So Ephesians 521 talks about um, submitting yourselves to one another out of your reverence for Christ. So outside of the context of marriage, everyone should be submitting to one another in without this attachment of, oh, I love you, you love me, we're soon going to get married. There's sub, there should be a level of respect and submission towards one another. And, I, and I'm saying that as two separate things. So um, I, in fact, let me add in another word, honor, respect, and submission. Honor, Honor the person that you're in a relationship with. And I'm not talking idolatry honor, but I'm saying honor them as an individual, respect them as an individual. And also as as family in Christ, obviously don't like start thinking nasty things, but as brothers and sisters in Christ, even if you're in a romantic relationship, you're still in Christ so that you have to, you know, under the context of, of Christianity, being able to be... Um, accountable for your actions and your behavior as a believer even when you're in that boyfriend and girlfriend relationship because we don't want to go down the road of is that biblical or not but the point is that still you must be accountable for your behavior as a christian so if you're pushing boundaries and whatever the person the other person that you're submitting yourself to should be able to say wait you know that behavior is a bit off like i feel like you're 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 forcing it or you're moving a bit too roasty today or bloody bloody blah like let's calm down or the other person can say you know what i think you're being a bit rude or you're being a bit disrespectful to you know we just went out and you're being rude to the waiter i think you should apologize or just tone it down that's what submission in that context looks like so it's not i'm your i'm your boyfriend i'm telling you what to do you must listen to me i don't believe in that i don't believe in that i don't believe in that at all but i believe that you, as long as you submit yourself to one another, as you reverence Christ, as it says in Ephesians 5.21, as long as you respect each other and value them as human beings, but also as believers, and as long as you honor them with your body, with your thoughts, with your behaviors, with, you know, how you treat them and how you treat other people, then I think then you're, you're in a right space. And I think once you practice that, you're building a healthy foundation for when you get married. Because mm. submission in the context of marriage is it's going to be new. When you're living together and you're making decisions together and you're, you're, you're planning life together and you're doing family together and all of those kind of things, submission then becomes real. It's not, you, you, can, you can trial it out even before you get married, but when you get married, it's very different. Husbands, mm. loving your wives as Christ loves the church, it's, it becomes more real when you get married to that person. So I just feel like, there should be that distinguishing scripturally. So let me um, ask a question. I probably should have probably should have started with, started with this. Mm-hmm. Um, what is submission to you two? 
Ooh, Chile. <laughs> obviously, obviously, we're talking about submission and we're mentioning submission, but what exactly is submission for, for anyone that might not know exactly what submission is or what submission looks like? So the principle of submission is about respecting the authority that God has put in place. So there's a few times where in the New Testament where it talks about submission, it talks about submitting yourself to one another in reverence to Christ. It talks about wives submitting um, themselves to their husbands, even though husbands should also submit themselves to their wives as well. Because that, that it doesn't, just because you get married doesn't mean that verse 21 is nullified. As long as we're believers, we still submit to each other in our characteristic. But then also there's one in First Timothy or Second Timothy, where, was it First Peter? Or Second Peter, where it talks about submit yourself to all authority because all authority comes from God. So submission in the context of a scripture or for a believer is to sit under the authority that God has put in place. So in the context of marriage, what you're saying is that the, as, as the Bible says that the husband is the head of the wife, not in the sense of um, um, slavery or whatever, but in the sense of the authority of the home, the, the technology of family in a, a husband, a wife, children, or whatever, even just the husband and wife, it's that it, the husband is the head of the home. Um, yes, you know, couples make decisions together. You know, it's all about that. But the husband is the head of the home as Christ is the head of the church. And so just as Jesus was submitted to the will of the father, we as men have to be, um, 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 women submit themselves to the, the leadership of their husbands in the home, trusting that they are submitted to God. So there's a submission loop. It's um, that Jesus submits himself to the will of the father. And that's the pattern that we model in the home as well. So the wife submits herself to the husband, but, but a woman should not submit herself to a man that's not submitted to God. Any mm. man that's not submitted to God is not worthy of being submitted to. Simple yeah. as. I know some people will argue with that because they will say, you know, what about Paul's writing of saying, you know, if a woman is married to an unbeliever, she's just still respecting and loving and all of that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about even before you get married, if the man is not submitted to God, mm. can't, that thing is not going to work. Yeah, cool. Until he's ready to do that, then yes. Yeah. So let me ask you a question, Ari. Right. Obviously, from a woman's perspective now, um, oh, how, how can you... <laughs> why are you laughing? I just feel a lot of pressure right now, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, take take yourself and your husband out of the picture, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, how, can you, how can you tell, or how can you as women tell if a man... Um, is submitted to God. I think it goes... That needs to happen first before you can therefore submit, you know, as the scripture says. So how how can you tell? Because obviously, like Iman said, you don't want to submit to a man who isn't submitting to God. So how can you tell that a man loves God and he's the right man that you ought to submit to? I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about looking at the character traits. So is he a person of his word? Is he a let your yes be your yes and let your no be your no type of person? So if he says he's going to do something, does he do it? Mm-hmm. Is he somebody who, um, in terms of his fruits, do they reflect Christ? So when I say that, I mean in terms of the things that he stands for, do they reflect Christ? The things that he can be found doing, do they reflect Christ? How does he deal with his parents? Does he honour his mother and father if his parents tell him to do something that's not contrary to the word of God. Does he do it? Or does he say, mm. I'm my own man, I'm going to do my own thing. Is he reliable? 
mm. when it comes to work. You know, there's scriptures that talk about how we need to do everything as if we're doing it onto Christ. So does he, yeah. is he studious? Is he, does he get to work on time? Does he do what his manager asked him to do? Is he getting promoted? And, I've, and I know like people will say, as much as there's office politics and stuff when it comes to promotions, also somebody who is diligent and constantly mm-hmm. gets promoted at work, that's a sign of somebody who's, who is Christ-like in the sense that they, they turn up to work on time. They work hard, etc. Everything they do, they do it well. Can I stop you there? Yeah. <laughs> you man, you man knows I'm guy as well. Go on, no, 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 no. I, I like what Oris, I like what Oris said, but I knew that you were gonna come. <laughs> you know, I was with you, yeah. I was hundred percent with you. I was thinking, yes, all right, ride on, ride on. But right now, I'm thinking, are we to say that a person who's still in the same position for the last? No, four years, that is not what I'm saying. Of course, that's not what I'm saying. That's why I clarified and said I know that promotion is not just about um, how well you do your job because I. I've talked about this before. There's lots of other factors that are involved in it. So no, but you need to be looking at how does that person get to work on time. You you, you does if you're not getting promoted, that's one thing. But when you have a performance review, what scores are you getting? Like I know that sounds so dramatic. Like why am I going? Why am I looking at his scores in his performance? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that these things. If you're going to work five days a week, day in day out, it's really really hard to stay diligent at what you do. So if you're getting consistently good scores in terms of your performance review, that means you're doing something, you're turning up to work every day, ready to work and ready to do it well. That is a good sign of somebody who, if you're a Christian, that's a good sign of someone who's diligent and does on does mm. as if he's doing it onto the Lord. You know, so there's different things. Depending on the career path, of course. But yeah, no, of course, but even if you're cleaning the toilets, you will still clean toilets and there will not be a single speck of dirt on that toilet. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. what you're doing. It, this principle can be applied to anything. Mm. Yeah, no, I definitely hear that. I, I definitely hear that. I get the, the train of thought for sure. Um, I definitely do agree that there's, you can definitely tell by people's fruits whether they love God or not. And I think that's probably one of the, important things you did say because a lot of people um a lot of christians we can definitely talk a good game we can definitely preach to the cows come home and make ourselves um appear perfect or make ourselves appear short of perfect and i think sorry one more thing as well to add that's really important is how they like you said how do they treat other people Iman made a good point when he was saying oh when you were correcting somebody because they were rude to the waiter somebody that is rude to the waiter that means they don't respect the small things not to talk of the big things and if you can't respect the small things how are you going to respect the big things in life like and if you're not kind to people who who are nothing what is as a Christian when when the Bible says if you do this onto the least of them then you've done it onto me mm. that doesn't show that you're that type of person who loves other people and you care about those who are in smaller places that's that's, that's not cute that's mm. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you know what's interesting? Like, in all these different walks of life that you can really tell people's character, um, so how they are with their family members, how they are with their friends, how they are towards the waiters, etc., or how they are towards the staff members at Top Golf. it's interesting that, you know, a lot of the time we probably don't really consider these things when discussing people's character. We probably only consider people's character when we're talking to them mm-hmm. or, or what we see from them online, whereas we don't probably... Oh, I might just be speaking for myself here, to be honest, but we probably don't really look at people's character um, behind closed doors, especially because it's easy to be familiar with our own friends, our own family, our partners and so forth, that we don't actually look at how they're, they're behaving um, on a normal day-to-day life. And I think that's, in, in agreeing with what you're saying, that's definitely a great way to be able to see if, um, if a man or woman, if a man loves the Lord. And I think from there, it's obviously 
easier for a woman to to submit to a man. Mm-hmm. Saying it's easier though, um, either of you can answer. Do you feel like once a man does love the Lord, um, it's easy for a woman to therefore submit, or does a woman need to learn the art of submission? I think it. I think you need to learn it. You know. I don't think, well, it depends. I think it depends on the character of the woman. So if you're a very strong-willed person, you're naturally an independent person. You don't like being told what to do. I'm basically describing myself so no one can at me. It's like, I think that it's a lot harder to take instructions from somebody just because you're used to being, um, you might be used to doing things a certain way. You might be used to making up your own mind about how you feel about a certain type of situation. Some people, on the other hand, in character, they might be more gentle in nature, or maybe not gentle is not necessarily the right right word to use, but they might be more open to ideas or open to suggestions. If you're like that, then I do think it is easier to submit to somebody as long as they've kind of got their head screwed on or as long as they love the Lord, it's a lot easier. But if you're strong-willed and there's an element, because in order to submit, that means you have to give away a certain amount of freedom. There's mm. many ways about it. Submission is about order. It's about it's like at work, if there's a hierarchy, you have a manager, a senior manager, et cetera, et cetera. You cannot go over the manager's head straight to the senior manager to to um, to do something. You need to kind of go through the manager. So in the same way with submission, it's about order. So you do need to yeah. give an element of freedom. You need to be able to um, give up an element of your freedom in order to submit to somebody. And if you're somebody that doesn't like doing that, it's going to be problematic, no matter how good that person is. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. That's good. So, Ema, what are the boundaries? And how does one put steps in place to not cross them? Or should there be boundaries? Boundaries in, in what regards, in what, in what context? Um, submitting to a boyfriend and girlfriend in comparison to submitting as a, in a husband and wife relationship. Um, so, I think you've got to... I think you've got to... It, it's not easy to make clear-cut statements... One of the only clear-cut things that you, you can't be doing is obviously sex. Um, uh, yeah, that that is probably one of the only clearest things that you shouldn't be violating. But I think when you think of a... Because if I say, oh, a woman shouldn't be cooking for a man, like loads of ladies would be like, but I like cooking and it's not, any, like, it's not anything I cook for my male friends anyway. So I can't say cooking. But one thing I will say is... I think that one has to be very careful about um, one has to be very careful in terms of emotions and what you allow um, or how how emotionally invested you are. I'm not you should be, especially if this is the person that you want to get married to, but I think that you should be very careful, you should guard your heart because sometimes um guys may be able to take advantage of a woman's emotions or emotional vulnerability and and vice versa a woman can take advantage of a guy being vulnerable with her and she can use it for her own gain and benefit and so though i believe that especially if you know that it is going towards marriage you should be vulnerable to a degree you have to be very careful to protect yourself and not just open yourself and give you know, this guy who's your fiance or your boyfriend, just the full perks of just offloading your whole life to this person. Um, I feel like that should come at the point of, the full weight of it should come at the point of marriage. There should be a good degree of it, 
but the full weight of it should not come until marriage, in my personal opinion. Because I feel like if you if you offload yourself emotionally at the beginning, like what if what if it doesn't especially even at boyfriend and girlfriend stage, if you just offload everything emotionally, like what happens? I know some people say, well, you've just got to be mature, you have to move on and whatever. But the problem is that even by the time that happens, what if the other person, whether it's the guy or it's the girl, they've taken what you've said, they've they've marinated on it, and they're like, you know what? Before I know this relationship is over, but even before that happens, let me get what I want out of it. Let me get her to do this. Let me get her to do that. Let me get him to do this. Let me get him to do that. So I just think that there's just areas of emotions, areas of integrity, like just because you know she's going to be your wife, like, I get it, you can flirt, but don't, like, overdo it by being so sexual that's like, nah, like, she's not your wife yet, bro. Don't overdo it. Let there be boundaries. And also, I think one of the best ways to do it is this. If something is uncomfortable for you as an individual, let it be known to the other person so that you can both together go, okay, you know what? That line we won't cross. What are the things that make you tick? What are the things that don't make you tick? What are the things that aggravate you? What are the things that, you know, make you smile, that, that you know, get you energized, that get you thinking, that get you creative? What are those things? So that based on those conversations, you guys know yourselves well enough to go, hmm, we're not crossing that boundaries. Oh, if I touch your neck, I know that you're going to feel a certain way, so I'm not going to touch your neck. Oh, I'm not going to... I'm not going to call you that thing or I'm not going to banter you heavily because I know that, you know, you 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 don't like rough play. You don't like rough banter. Okay, I'm, I'm cutting that boundary. But I feel like it's based on conversation. The only clear-cut one is obviously sex. It's obviously um, purity of language. Like, let your words be seasoned with grace. Ephesians 4 also talks about let your words be edifying let, so that those words minister grace unto the hearers. So if it's words that are you know, demeaning, disrespectful, um, it devalues a person that is outright foul, that that is not Christ-like. Um, mm. So things that are kind of maybe opposite to your witness as, as a Christian couple, those are things that maybe you should, you know, mm. say. Because well. I don't want to say specifics because people will be like, oh, well, but what about this? But what about... But I hate that what about... <laughs> that what about stuff that they, that they say. So sex... And language and 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 conduct, co- Christian conduct is. There's one thing you mentioned, yeah, about food, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's touch upon that real quick, ah. yeah, real. Quick. Okay, cool. What are your views on on women cooking for their boyfriends? Like, I I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. I just feel like when a guy always expects his girl to cook for him, I feel like, bruv, you're taking a mick, bruv. <laughs> like that's not your wife, and she's not your maid. So, so pattern up like she's. Are you saying friends can't cook for each other? And Aura, feel free to jump in in it. <laughs> of course, of course, they can cook for each other. But when it's like my girl's always gonna cook for me, no, 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 no. And I wouldn't even if a, even if a woman says I don't find that wrong, I would not. I would not encourage that because at the mm. end of the day, at the end of the day, him as a guy, what's he bringing to the table, bruv? Like you can't just cut up and, you know, lay your feet up knowing that, oh, she's going to cook you mac and cheese on Monday. She's going to cook you Eforiro on Tuesday. She's going to cook you jollof on Wednesday. She's going to give you pasta on Thursday. And she's going to give you white rice on Friday. And then on on Saturday, you guys will do eat out to help out. And then Sunday, you'll fast. Now, that's dead, bro. That's dead. Great advocate, yeah. 
obviously, I think I think it comes down to what both parties bring to the table and what both parties lack from one another. For example, the woman might have an ability to cook, so she is instrumental in the area of cooking. The guy might be funny, so he's instrumental in the area of humour. Or, <laughs> or, or the guy might be good at listening, so he's instrumental in being a soundboard for her, for example. Do you know what I mean? You know how men have different roles of responsibility? Anyway, go through Aura, go through Aura. Aura, before you come in here, a man could turn around and say, hold on, I'm giving you all this banter, what am I getting back in return? What is, I beg, what is this this banter of you? What is that? I've given you banter. Okay, you give me banter. I'm cooking you food. Which one? Which one is energy? Banter is free flowing. What one? What one costs you? Banter is not free flowing, bro. Because there's bare man that can't banter. <laughs> yeah, but if you are a guy that can banter, you know? if 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 you're a guy that like me, for example, me that can banter, I'm not. I would never go to. I'd never go to my babe. Ah, oh, you know what, babe. I give you banter, so I'm expecting you to cook for me. That's <laughs> dead, bro. That, is, that is nonsense. That is nonsense. Pay me. And any man that tries that, ah, all the best. But obviously, but yeah, banter is just a funny one. But there's things along the lines that a man could be like, yeah, if I, if she if she, if she's not cooking for me, then I'm not going to do this for her. For example. the only thing that's comparable, as far as I'm concerned, is paying me is giving me money. If you are gonna give me money, then I mean I don't think this. I, I mean I'll cook. I, I will cook every yeah. Monday. I will learn how to make everything. I don't know how to make. I promise you, if it's money, and it's, mm. that's good, because I like money. But if it's money, ah. I I'm joking. If it's money, I'm not. But yeah, the only thing that's comparable to cooking on a regular basis, as far as I'm concerned, is mm. is money. What about that like, man buying you things like gifts? Is that the same? Or you only want cash? Gifts is not my love language. I want cash. Wow. I hear that. Right. I hear that. I hear I that. that. But for example, if a man was like buying you trainers or contributing to your wig or pay for your nails and all that sort of stuff, does that equate to receiving food? <sighs> the thing is, I don't really think it's a whole tip for tat thing anyway. And I don't miss, I, I, I wasn't the sort of person that was cooking all different kinds of elaborate meals before I got married because I just didn't see the need. But I mean, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I can't say, I can't tell girls to do that because that's not something that I did. Mm. If that's what you want to do, fine. But just like, I think there needs to be balance. Relationships are give and take. So if you are going to be cooking all the time and that's the agreement that you guys have in your relationship, then what is he giving you in return? Mm. Bruv, like I think you just have to think about it. Gabs, if you have a daughter and she came to you and said, said, Dad, what what do you think like the balance is when it comes to this? You and and she said to you, What about what about if my guy says he's he's giving me banter? Bruv, will you be sitting there going, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's money or nothing. No, no way. My daughter now, when she grows up, and, and my daughter, and she says to me, Oh dad, you know. This guy, he's really funny. He, he likes me cooking for him. Sorry, I was like, if my like my daughter says to me, oh, yeah, daddy, you know, my my boyfriend, he he's he's funny, whatever. And I'm like, what you know, what does he bring to the table? You know, he's funny, he likes to bring banter. I says, and I say, So what are you doing? She's like, I, I cook for him like every I would say, babe, Stop listen, <laughs> no, no way, no way. This is this, it, it's no, it's not running. 
It's not running. Because what's that? And I feel like it's that uni boy. I, I feel like it's that there's a uni boy element of it where you like yeah. a lot of men then in uni, you knew yeah. that the girls were going to pattern you with food. Or is that for a lot of guys, it's that African mentality. Because I know for a lot of Caribbean men, that's not the case. A lot of Caribbean men are very good in the kitchen. But for a lot of African guys, it's, ah, uh, we saw our mum in the kitchen. We saw our sisters in the kitchen. So, you know, let's put our feet up because we know that, you know, whatever. And I feel like, Ladies, even if you love cooking, encourage the guy himself. Yeah. I'm like, like, okay, cool. I'm cooking for you, but you, you cook something for me now. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know how to cook. Okay, that's fine. You will learn how to cook. We'll cook together. I'm uh, just about to say, bro. Cooking together is a pattern, man. Yeah. Clearly, man. Yeah. The women they want you to cook with them, even if you're married, even the married one. To share, I don't cook with them together. What What did you say, Ari? I said I don't like cooking with my husband. Like oh, wow. I want to do. Like I feel like I want to be in the kitchen by myself. Do what I or is, or is a control freak. That's why I just not. It's not even about that. I just don't like people in my space whilst I'm trying to do something. Like even with my mom. Like I don't like cooking with anybody. Like I just want to do it by myself. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people are like that. Yeah, I know some ladies that are like that. That they're like. I know some men that are like that. No, mate, that's quality time. I would think. Yeah, it, it depends. Like, like yeah. I don't mind baking a cake with you because I'm not really that much of a baker. But when it comes to cooking, like I know what I'm, I, I'm doing. I just want to get it done and uh, not yeah. disturbed. You can help me wash the dishes. That's what you can help me do. <laughs> Even that man, then wash the dishes. Do you know what I mean? Do something in the kitchen. Make yeah. yourself beautiful. Yeah, that's obviously your football's on. I hear that. What's the football? But if not, do you know what I mean? Help her. Yeah, hundred percent. But um, yeah, let's go to the next one. Because we've got a couple still. Uh, this one says, also, you said you personally don't agree with people breaking up, etc. All relationships require work from both parties. How does one distinguish the difference between we've tried to make this work and let's not... And no. How does one distinguish the difference between we've tried to make this work and it's not working, so let's break up, and no, we can get through this. Let's keep praying and trying to make it work. So what was the context? I don't believe in breaking up. Did one of us say that? I said that because I did not say that. I said that. I said that. I said I personally don't like agree with like people breaking up, adding adding people onto your ex list, adding people onto your CV. I'm not really a fan of that. Okay. Um. So the question is, how does one distinguish the difference between we've tried to make this work and it's not working? Let's break up and now we can get through this. Well, you would have wanted. Personally, for me personally, I think. I'm obviously not really a fan of people breaking up as you could potentially miss out on somebody who was really, really good for you. Um, but obviously it depends on the reason why we're breaking up. I think if it's for reasons like one cheating on you, I can understand why people would want to break up with their partner. But if it's things which we, which I hear most of the time is communication issues or communication breakdown or I just don't like him anymore, or I've moved on to somebody else. Reasons like this, I'm not really too keen because I think like these are little things that you can um, get through. I think bigger things like cheating and that sort of stuff, you know, I think things like that, it's a whole lot harder to get through. But if it's things like communication issues or attitude problems or rudeness, I think things like that can... And um, we can obviously work on them sort of things. I think from from a general perspective, I think in terms of like breaking up or fighting through to make it work, I think it really just depends on the situation. I think it really depends on what's obviously gone wrong. I think it depends on a problem. 
And I think the two of you together will kind of have an idea of whether it's worth the fight or whether it isn't worth the fight. And I think I think in this day and age as well, I think people are so quick to, oh, red flag, red flag, let's break up. Or, oh, he didn't, he didn't do ballet for my mom when he saw her. Oh, red flag, he doesn't respect adults. <laughs> Just little things that we often hear. Oh, it's a red flag. You go on Twitter, you're going to see somebody talking about red flags every other day. Yeah. I don't think we're in a day and age where people are so quick to jump ship. Um, and I think with things like that, you could potentially miss miss a good individual for you. This doesn't mean I'm saying, yeah, if you if your boyfriend or girlfriend is a scum of the earth, they stick with them. I'm not saying that at all, but I just think with relationships, there needs to be an element of grace because we don't want to carry certain traits into marriage and then we marry our spouses and it's like, oh my gosh, red flag, let me sign the divorce papers. Right. Yeah, I get that. I do. But at the same time, I feel like we need to not... <laughs> I'm just trying to think how to say this and pick my words very carefully. I don't think there should be pressure on people in relationships to make the relationship work as if it's a marriage because essentially it's not a marriage. So I don't know if what I'm saying is clear, but yeah. whilst I agree with you, I don't think you should be quick to quit. At the end of the day, you don't need to put un- unnecessary pressure on yourself to make that relationship work just because you know, you don't want to be a quitter. At the end of the day, you're in a relationship, you're not married. And that's the difference between being in a relationship and being married is to see if you can potentially be married to that person or if potentially you can be married. Sometimes even people break up because they notice something about themselves that maybe they're not ready to be that committed to another person. And I think that's fine. If if you know that, it's better to be honest about it and spare that person and spare yourself then to just keep it going just because you don't want to break up with that person because you want to be committed. You have the rest of your life to do marriage. Once you do it, that's a lifelong contract there signed. So I just don't think you need to put that pressure on yourself before marriage. Yeah. No, I agree with you both. I think you guys have made like great points. I think like uh, it, it is a jarring thing where, you know, this generation where we're seeing a lot of, well, yeah, it's a red flag, it's a red flag. And you're seeing things that it's... Like, I saw something the other day and I didn't respond to it because um, I was like, this is... I don't know if this person is looking for followers or this person is just looking for likes. Um, there was a picture of um, a guy tying his... Um, of doing his <laughs> girl's buckle or something like that. And I'm like, he was like, what do you think a guy should do that? Or something like that. And I was like, is, are you stupid? Or is it that... Is that something is not well? Like everything is not adding, everything is not balancing upstairs, or what's going on? Like it's like, and then some people would then take that serious and go, "Well, if he doesn't buckle my shoe, that's a red flag." Like guys, calm down. Like we're being very superficial here. We're being very shallow here, and I and I feel like right now, loads of people are just adding loads of parameters that are not really beneficial. And I think because Twitter or social media in general makes you feel like, oh, everyone's got this, this and that. And that's what makes their relationship perfect. And so we're mm. adding up things in our mind, uh, like parameters up in our mind that go, well, I'm assuming based on what this person says or what this person tweets, that that's what they get from their relationship. And the problem is these people be tweeting, but their relationships be absolutely different. Mm. Like relate, um, like Beyonce is saying, be a bad B, do your thing on your ones. These times, she's baby mums. Oh man, I'm getting hot. 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 Let me even wipe my forehead. Shut tie ye kabat. Rabandus kidabandus. See kibro kataya. 
Father, I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot. These times, she's got twins, she's got Blue Ivy, and she's married. Do you get what I'm saying? These times, she's saying Bunner Man, but she's still with the man that cheated on her. So, like, it, it, this generation, like, we get so caught up, like, in the hype of things, and we're not actually deeping that to make things work, like marriage, you can't just follow hypes and trends. You can't just follow everybody else's red flags. Don't get me wrong. There are key red flags, like someone who's always lying, someone who's um, someone who um, it doesn't stick to their words, someone who's who's changing, like the British weather. Like those are clear things that someone who's rude or someone who shows signs of like like anger and rage issues. Like that's a red flag. Even if they're cool people, it's a red flag because it's like, bros, one day if we're having an argument and then you just get angry and then you decide to go at me into the wall. Like, wagwan, like what's going to happen then? Do you know? Yeah. So I just think that let the red flags be genuine red, red flags and not superficial ones or not ones that we found or picked up on the internet, but let them be, you know, genuine ones. And then for Ore, is like, it's right. Like if you're in a boyfriend and girlfriend situation, like, you know, like be willing to show grace. Yes. But then, you don't want to, you don't want to bend over backwards, kill yourself, get emotionally drained, physically drained, uh, financially drained, just, you know, to try and give someone a good chance. Like, especially in the boyfriend and girlfriend context, it's not, there's no point of losing your hair and, you know, getting stressed over, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's not worth it. Um, and I already, you know, brought another example of like, sometimes you realize, Bruh, like I've got some issues, I've got some traumas, I've got some, you know, things that I really need to deal with. Otherwise, they're going to damage what we've got going on, even if it's a good thing. Like it's going to be very damaging. So I rather say, look, the typical line, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> but this time it's genuine. Like I literally <laughs> need to work on myself. There are some devils that I'm battling and I need you to be patient. Um, in the meantime, if you want to wait feel free but i can understand if you don't want to wait for me that's what maturity says and if the person decides to wait for you fantastic if they don't you can't be vexed at it because life moves on everyone's getting older like you know so you know let it let let that be that cool and then the last one uh it's a bit of a long one quite interesting actually um it says i'm nervous about meeting my girlfriend's church members and if they will like me I visited one time and the only criteria they seem to care about is my biblical trivia knowledge. And then it's got quotation marks. How many chapters are there in the book of Acts? What is predestination? That's rubbish, man. Um, what is well, predestination? Yeah. Raw. <laughs> and then close quotation marks. This can't be a good standard to see if I'm a good guy for my girlfriend, can it? I've heard this has happened to many Christian guys. How can I present myself to be a good potential husband to my girlfriend's church? without having to rely on my biblical knowledge and theology. Wow. Hello. I, I, you know what? I, th I think that's so shallow, but I can speak from experience because I've had two, um, I've had two brothers that have been in this predicament. Um, and you know what? As, as the lady, like you've got the responsibility to make your, make your man feel comfortable, even in your church context. Do you understand? Because the same way, if, if, if like, that your church be doing what is predestination and how many books. That's shallow, in my opinion. That's shallow. That's silly. But anyway, each of their own before I start getting triggered. I just feel like 
you should be able to present, especially if you know your guy's good, he's a decent guy, you should be able to paint a right picture and make encourage him not to feel like he's inferior because he doesn't meet up to their standard of what a good man should be. Because unfortunately, you know, as Gabs loves to, to use this analogy, your babe is not going to be asking you how many chapters there are in Acts when you guys are plunging. So Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. So that one is very absolutely irrelevant. That one is going to be absolutely irrelevant. But the point is that I just think that's that's very, I don't know. Is that how you're going to judge a man's, like, this is, like, for the church people, this is your sister. And that's what you're going to use to judge a man that is uh, potentially got that or, or is has already engaged to her or whatever and that's what is going to be the sign of of a good man like that sorry man like bro yeah. that's 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 not on um but for the guy don't feel inferior you're not inferior don't ju- that's how their church works that's how they that's how they get along with people but as long as you're being yourself and you're trying to engage with them you don't have to do the most that's not your church those are not your people, but you're just trying to be friendly. As long as you're friendly, as long as you're Christ-like, as long as you're you're showing them that you know you are a trustworthy man, and 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 making them feel like you know what our sister is safe and this is a good guy, bruv, That's that's all you need to worry about, in my opinion. All right, what are you saying? Um, I don't really have much advice for the guy, but I was just thinking, like forward thinking, and it's it's such a sticky situation because. I agree with Iman in the sense that it's up to the girlfriend to make her boyfriend kind of feel safe and to make him feel like, regardless of what the church is saying, you know, like she's got his back and that he's still a good Christian or whatever. But thinking about it for further down the line, I think it could be problematic because if the church members now judge him and say, you know, he's not the one, then that puts his girlfriend in a really sticky situation because she then, it's almost like, she may have to choose between whether or not she wants to continue going to the church or whether or not she wants to kind of, they might make her feel like she's defying wise counsel by continuing to be with the guy. So um, it's a really sticky situation and I probably haven't really made it any better. But I would just say to the to the young lady um, who may be in that situation, this is your time to kind of stick to your guns and what you think, what you feel is the right thing to do based on your judgment and based on, you know, the whole spirit that lives inside of you. Um, I guess that's the best, that's the only thing I can say to that, really. Yeah, no, I do think it's it's definitely quite sad um, that he will go to his girlfriend's church and obviously probably just feel a little bit uncomfortable there um, and probably feels a bit hard done by because he's not being judged to a standard that he obviously thinks is acceptable. I mean, only judging one based on um, biblical trivia is not acceptable. Asking him, you know, how many chapters are there in the book of Acts? That one there is, sorry to say, but it's just a little ridiculous. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure what can be done from there, but I think it's definitely worth mentioning just us as Christians in general. Um, we should, I don't know if judge is the word, but I'm going to use it anyway because it's 1120. But um, I think as Christians, we should definitely judge people not just based on knowledge of certain chapters in the bible or knowledge of certain scriptures i think we definitely have to judge based on like character and other things where relationship is concerned i think they should definitely be looking into the guy's um personality his character 
I think those things are probably what yeah. should he should be judged on in this in this case, um, as opposed to just his biblical knowledge, because I think that run is a bit it's a bit unfortunate and a bit sad. Obviously, the question: How can he present himself to be a good potential husband? Um, I guess we can probably touch on that before we close, um, because I think that's definitely a good question, and this could be for anybody else who may be um, visiting their their boyfriend or their girlfriend's church. So it could be helpful for other people as well in the same or similar position. I think it's generally just probably trying to show more of their personality and character, um, and maybe trying to steer conversations possibly away from the biblical trivia. So it's more of a one-to-one conversation as opposed to an interrogation or a biblical interview. Um, and that way, uh, the guy or the the, yeah, the potential husband can obviously show forth his his character, his personality, his interests, his desires. From there, um, his, his girlfriend's church members can have a better understanding or a better idea of exactly who he is what he may bring to the table. I know we like to speak about tables so much. Um, at least that way we can we can judge individuals on more than just our biblical trivia. What do you guys think? What what advice do you have for for the brother who wants to present himself to be a good potential husband? Be yourself. That's what I was gonna say, you know. Be yourself. Be yourself. You're not pretend you're not you're not trying to, you're not trying to impress. This is the thing, like you're trying to be yourself. You know, like I know people say trying to make sure you try and impress the parents. You don't need if you're being who you are, if you're confident in what you've got, you know that you know you're doing okay financially, you know that you're an integral man of God, you love God, you love this lady, um, you treat her well, you guys know where you're going in the future, there's a vision and all of that, then that's what you need to show people. So it's not in it to them, they might be impressed but that's who you truly are so you just need to be yourself and that's why i said earlier like don't when you go there just be yourself like try and muck in try and get involved if they're doing an event or something like that or there's conversation don't overdo it but just you know try and be involved show them that you know you you because they they are kind of like her family her church family you're trying your best to get to know them you're, you're trying your best but there's only so much that you can do like you can't kill yourself you just have to be true to who you are and show mm. them, you know, what you've what you've been doing for her, what how you how real you've been for her. Let them see that. And as long as they see that, mm. whether they don't like him or whether their opinion of him is off, that's their business. And so as the like the woman has to take that into consideration as well. That look, like, like especially when you know a guy is right, like you can't don't try and don't let the church spin it when just because of their opinion and not because they ju- they don't want to see the good thing in him. Like, let you let them know this is an integral man. Like, and don't get, don't allow them to just swindle you and say, oh, there's something about him we don't like just because he didn't answer their questions right or he didn't get involved in the games that they were playing. She, I think it's a twofold thing, but for the guy, just be yourself, be true to who you are. Let them see how how much you love her you know, and, and yeah, just try and be friendly and Christ-like when you meet them. Mm. All right. No, I would agree with Iman. Just be yourself. Um, I think it's really important that you start off on an authentic foot. There's no point trying to be something that you're not because you're not going to be able to keep it up. So just, and equally, if if you're if you are yourself and they don't like that, then that's probably not an environment that you want to be in long-term. So just mm. be who you are, really. 
Excellent. And Eamon, you got a scripture just to wrap up today from any of the dilemmas? Um, I would go back to Ephesians 5. Um, yeah, let me read a few verses. Ephesians 5 from verse 20. It says, giving thanks always and for everything to God. <clears throat> I'll start again. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting, verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. 22, wives, submit your um, to your own husbands as to the Lord. 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit yourself, uh, submit in everything. Wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Um, 25, and I'll end at 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he may sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So yeah, the verse is self-explanatory, but what I love from verse 20 or 21, it talks about starting by submitting ourselves to one another. So not just in a relationship context, for, th for those who are single right now, single and not in a relationship, submit yourselves to one another. There's safety there. Submit yourself to people that you can trust that love you, that care about you, and ultimately are, are very Christ-like. So, yeah. Excellent. Madam Ora, any final words? No, no. Iman summed it up, up on well, and I think I said everything I had to anyway. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate your time. Um, if you've made it all the way to the end, we appreciate you daily. Let us know your thoughts as always. Um, if you've got any sort of fever whatsoever you want to help these people with their dilemmas feel free to shout uh, run up the hashtags and let us know RTLW podcast we're signing out peace